welcome to another episode of the amazing Adding Up. I'm your host, Serena.Ryan, and I'm dedicated to helping you learn from my mistakes with numbers. It's easy for me to hide my financial struggles. I have learned that there's no such thing as failure unless you stop learning and stop trying. My aim is to become better at finance and in the process become debt-free and help others to do the same. My wish is at least one person can listen to this podcast and make a genuine difference with their finances. Welcome to another episode of Adding Up. This is episode 58, and I'm Serena.Ryan. I love sharing my journey about financial learning. And if you've listened to an episode or two, you would have figured out by now, I'm not a financial advisor. Everything I share with regards to finances in the personal finance realm is all from lived experience. Warts and all, really. I'm bearing a lot of my soul when it comes to things that you wouldn't normally share in everyday conversation. And my hope is because I'm sharing those things that some would consider pretty embarrassing, that it makes it easier for more people to share and learn. You see, I think conversations about money should be more common and when we can overcome the embarrassment and the shame we may be lingering around it we can make things better it's interesting because I was looking at what I want to talk about in this episode and you'll find episodes from 58 onwards are very much going to be a blend of what I learned over the last 18 months or so during times of being in a pandemic and what I'm learning every week. Because the cool thing is learning doesn't have an off switch. It's continuous from the moment I wake up every day, I'm learning and being in a learning state, I believe gives you an opportunity to be better and better means better. It doesn't mean perfect. And that's okay. That's something i would love everyone to feel better about. There can be this assumption that we have to be perfect. It simply is a myth that should be busted. When we're better, it's an opportunity to improve a situation because that is giving us a foundation of things that can be a stronger foundation that will be sustainable. See, I've been in that frame of mind of making sure everything is perfect and it's the equivalent of crash dieting and yes I've had issues with dieting in the past too and when I had a healthier relationship with food I've found this cool thing I end up being a healthier weight instead of obsessing over food I make healthier choices that's a premise for why we talk about adding up and why I named this podcast adding up because little changes rather than big, audacious and crazy things that could be extreme 
I believe don't have lasting change. What I want to do in every episode is give you a snapshot of the week. And my snapshot of this week when it comes to money is going to have three things. My best saving, best learning, and money bravery. Now, best saving is all about where I've saved. Well, I was going to say money. This saving is all about me wearing gumboots this week. Anyone who's on the eastern seaboard of Australia listening to this podcast around the time of publishing is in a state of getting through a really challenging time of floods and heavy rain and a significant weather event. I'm fortunate where I live that I am warm and dry now and I have a roof over my head, which I'm exceptionally grateful for. I have, however, had significant rain and very soggy ground around my home and a leaking roof. It has been fixed now, so I can't complain about that. (laughs) My big saving this week was wearing gumboots and not just any gumboots. These are lovely pink gumboots that I bought on clearance at Kmart of all places. And they're in the kids section, no less. And I'm a size nine, well, a size nine ladies. (laughs) The fact that a size six kids boot in Kmart that costs $5 a pair, even fit my feet is a minor miracle. It's kind of funny because this episode's very much about fashion and I love my hot pink boots. And the fact they're kids size and they're $5 and they've been the most useful item all week. And they have saved any of my more expensive shoes being ruined. And the best thing is get the hose out, clean them, and they're still good to go. And let's hope I'm not wearing them as regularly as I have in the past week. But I know that if I have to, I've got them there to wear. So on many levels, I have my best saving of the week was wearing gumboots from Kmart, kids department, that cost me $5. My best learning this week, absolutely, hands down, has to be a timely reminder of done is better than perfect. If you don't do anything, then there's nothing that you can learn from it. And sometimes we have to just do something so we can see if it's right, wrong, or needs correction. But if it's sitting there and nothing has happened, there's nothing that we can learn from it. And last week, in a highly vulnerable state, I recorded a podcast episode after a more than 18-month break of recording episodes. And the release and the relief I had gave me the momentum to do so much more and Give me an energy with regards to my finances. I've mentioned it in previous episodes that recording this podcast is very therapeutic and I see the value in just getting it done so that I can learn from it. And I think there's so many things that people can learn from that. If there's anything you take out of today's episode, would be what is it that you could do 
that could get you closer to where you want to be. Just one thing, one step, because if you do nothing, nothing will change. This week's money bravery. I started thinking about something that I was incredibly proud of this week, and that is something I've been doing Whether I've been recording regular podcast episodes or not, it's been a standard thing I've been analyzing and making it a part of my life easily since 2018. And that is a constant analysis of do we need to spend the money? Beginning of March, I think beginning of the school year, I'm going to say that, I can't remember the exact date, but it was in the last couple of weeks. Our kids had a swimming carnival for the school coming up and we took them to the swimming pool on the Sunday before the swimming carnival to see what their swimming level was like and both of them and they're eight and nine years old were able to swim three lengths of the 50 meter pool in freestyle no less I thought wow Now, we've been paying for swimming lessons for a couple of years now. I think how old they are. Wow. So the oldest is nine. Since they were four and five, they've been in swimming lessons. That's a significant chunk of money and our life, getting them swimming. We see that as an important investment because being in Australia, we're surrounded by water and opportunities to be in swimming pools. Both sets of grandparents have got a swimming pool in their backyards and we felt it was important that they could be decent swimmers. If they have aspirations for the Olympics, good luck to them, but that's not something we're doing swimming lessons for. We're doing it to, what are the words, drown-proof them and also make swimming an enjoyable thing for them. And in this moment when they were able to swim three lengths each comfortably of a 50-meter swimming pool, I thought, wow, do we still need them to go to swimming lessons? Today, there was a conversation with the swim school about finishing up their swimming lessons. Technically, they haven't graduated from swim school, but I don't see them getting a paper certificate important at this point. I see that we've achieved our goal of them being able to be decent swimmers and we could do with, it's an average of around $250 a month going to swimming lessons back in our pocket for other things. And that's a tough conversation. And I would say money bravery because the natural people pleaser in me who hates confrontation, whose behavior of hating confrontation had led me to be in a lot more debt than I needed to be, has meant that money bravery is something I want to talk about more and challenge you to think about how could you have money bravery and have those conversations around money so that you have a healthier relationship with money and stronger boundaries around what you spend your money on. This episode is about my passion for fashion. I'm a reformed shopaholic. I say reformed because I have had to change my relationship with shopping, which is closely linked with spending money, 
to be able to be better with money. Now, when I could start looking at money as an exchange of value instead of it being a thing that I could use limitlessly, it has also meant that I've been able to save a lot more money. Something that I have missed is that ability to have shopping for enjoyment. I am a sex in the city girl. I love that show to the point where I've owned the entire series. There are six series on DVD. Yes, DVD before live streaming. I've lost count of how many times I've watched every single episode. And part of my love affair with the show, apart from the fact that I was single when I was watching the show, and it helped me to see how you could be a woman who didn't have to be in a traditional way, that there could be a different path you could take in your 20s and 30s. It fascinated me. New York fascinated me. And most of all, absolutely, hands down, the fashion fascinated me. To the point, 2008, I went to New York and I went and shopped up a storm. I even went to designer labels that they featured in the show and bought clothes. For me, that was the epitome of that aspiration of feeling closer to being in the show myself. But I guess it was also this idea of another life and a lifestyle that I was aspiring to. One thing that sticks with me from that experience in 2008 was I did that entire experience on a credit card. Even the travel to get there was all on credit. It's taken me years to fully pay it back. And you realize the cost of something when you use a credit card is not how much it actually costs at that point in time, but it's all the interest that you pay as well when you're paying off the credit card. That now sits with me. Now, it could be easy to focus on all of that debt, but my point to bringing it up is how in this period of time, in the last 18 months, I have shifted, like we're talking, my goodness, how many years ago was that? 14 years ago, 14 years ago, I was racking up debt. Now, I guess when you have time on your hands in lockdown, you think about the things that give you joy and you get a little bit reminiscent. What has always given me joy is beautifully made clothes and colour and vibrancy and being able to put together a really cool outfit. I was trying to think of a way, how could I do that on a budget that goes beyond $5 gumboots from the kids department at Kmart? It's interesting how things get in your path. I have a client who is a stylist and she was talking to me about a new product of hers where she takes people not just on shopping trips to get beautiful designer clothes, but she also takes clients into op shops and for me instantly I think op shop I'm like oh how can you go through all those clothes and they're all secondhand how do you find the clothes that would fit you won't that take a lot of time would you have to alter them like all these questions 
I didn't even think it would be on my radar that I could go there and get designer labels. So I started asking her a lot of questions. She kept mentioning different labels of clothes that she had bought on shops herself. And finally, she's like, well, she loves doing it. She loves helping people to see those opportunities. As someone who has only been into op shops to donate previously, thought, well, why don't I try this out? Do it with someone who could basically hold my hand and give me a bit of a guide around it. So I ended up booking in with her to see what it was all about, what the fuss was about. It was this incredible experience I didn't expect to have at all. She took me to an area in Sydney, um, Newtown, if you're familiar with it. We ended up at Newtown Red Cross Shop. And I kid you not, I was like, oh, I was initially surprised. The vibrant colours, the cool way they've actually got the store laid out is I see this colour palette and I get drawn to bright colours. I'm like, oh, then the next step was to find the sizes. And before I knew it, there I was trying on these clothes. But something that's really just hit me was a number of these outfits still had the brand new tags on them, as in they'd never been worn. That was something I just did not expect at all. I thought, wow, this is really incredible. The next step for me that was more incredible was I actually found clothes that fit me. And I kept finding clothes that fit me and I kept finding them. Before I knew it, I had accumulated 14 different pieces of clothing in this one shop. And I hadn't just accumulated clothing. It was clothing with a good 80% of those items with brand new tags on never worn. They were all designer labels. Now we left there and we went into a vintage store. I picked up another two pieces Probably saying over the moon was an understatement. I think I was actually in shock. When I got home from this shopping experience, I decided to have a bit of fun with it. And I started Googling and it took me a little while, probably another hour or two of Googling these labels and seeing how much the recommended retail prices were for each of the items. What happened next just completely blew me away. Of all the items, what I had there was $4,689 recommended retail price. A shopping budget of $4,689 is something I would have expected to have spent in New York. These days, shopping at, well, not shopping at all really, or getting things on special at Kmart, it was such a shift for me. I saved on a designer wardrobe. On that day, I spent a total of $327. And that $327 was saved by putting $30 a fortnight away in my savings account. And that was enough for me to get an entire designer wardrobe. The biggest thing for me out of sharing that as well is understanding that I had to overcome a preconception of what I thought op shopping was and I wasn't brave enough to go there by myself. So 
you could also say that I paid for the stylist services to go. So ended up being probably double the 327 for me to actually have a stylist take me. But even then, if I put that in perspective, I've still saved over $4,000 recommended retail pricing to get that wardrobe, which I still see as an incredible investment for me, not just because I wanted to wear nice clothes, but it took me back to an era of being single and aspiring as an independent woman who was able to go and buy these things. Like it helped me from a well-being point of view, someone who likes nice things and feel incredibly special. And one of the wonderful benefits out of this wardrobe in a time which I was very vulnerable in the previous episode, I felt for a good solid 18 months there, I was treading water trying to keep my head above water in a time of uncertainty, having the kids home, not knowing what was going to happen from day to day, being determined more than ever to keep working and balance everything and realizing I'm not really super, well, I was going to say superwoman, superwoman, wonder woman, a superhero of any kind. I'm human. And that shopping experience was a really incredible one to help me see that you can actually disconnect that money does not equal happiness. If you look beyond what money gives you and look for the underlying reason and see if there's another way to get there without spending, you know, $4,000 or $5,000, the amount of money I was spending wasn't important. It was actually what I was getting out of the experience that was more important for me. Detaching money and joy and happiness is an incredibly powerful lesson. I'm here to help you understand numbers. You see, I know how important it is to close the gap between not knowing and knowing through education. I hope you sincerely enjoyed this podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. Reach out. Email me, serena at serena.ryan.com.au. You'll find my email and social details in the show notes that would be in your podcast player.